The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Friends. Thank you. Welcome along and thanks for joining us on episode 181 of the Boys of Tech for Monday the 27th of August 2012. My name is Edwin Herman. I'm broadcasting live from the studio here in Wellington, New Zealand. And this week we have no panellists joining us, it'll just be me. But I tell you what is a little bit different this week is we're experimenting with Ustream and this will be our first episode uh, where we go on Ustream. Now, we may not do this for a little while yet. This is kind of just a trial. And the reason we're not, we're not going to do it straight away is Ustream doesn't actually integrate with Skype. So, in fact, this week is, we're quite fortunate in a way that I'm the only host uh, uh, for this week. We don't have any other panellists. The other panellists would normally join us over Skype. And, of course, we can't get the Skype audio into Ustream, at least not natively. There are some, some hacks that we can use. And, in fact, if you use the – here's the, the thing. If you read the, the Ustream instructions on how to – you know, the, the FAQs on Ustream, how do I use Ustream with Skype? They walk you through this hack, and well, when I say a hack, it's not really a hack. It's uh, you know installation of two or three additional bits of shareware that create virtual audio pipelines and whatnot. And it's it's really messy. You, you'd kind of think that Ustream and Skype would sort of get together and say, "Hey, look, let's make this work together," because the two together form a really really good solution. I mean, classic podcasting for a start. Right, I mean that would be that would be perfect. Now we could get around it by having multiple computers and lots of cables between and connections and stuff like that, but it gets very messy very quickly. So we're going to experiment a little bit. First of all, this week we're going out live on Ustream. So right now we're broadcasting on Ustream. Next week we probably won't, and we probably won't do that again for some time until we get the solution uh, sorted. One option we'd like to go with is uh, a piece of software called Wiretap Anywhere by Ambrosia Software. So we'll go with that. I'll give them a, a free plug. Perhaps we might get a free copy in exchange. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But anyway, that's not ready for Mountain Lion. And of course, we're waiting to upgrade to Mountain Lion. So so things are in a rather interesting state right now. And by the way, some of the things at home at the moment too, because we've got this double garage, which has no electricity connection whatsoever. It's completely isolated. So you go in there in the dark and, and you can't see because there's no light. So you have to bring a torch and it's, you know, it's terrible. So we're going to get the uh, electrician in to install, you know, to you know, bring a, an electricity feed through. And I thought, well, while we're there, because to do that, I'm going to have to dig a trench between the house and the garage. And I thought, well, while I've got this trench dug, as well as bringing electricity through, I might bring an audio cable and some Cat6 networking cable through as well. And that way I'll be able to uh, get an audio feed through to, to the transmitter because uh, that's where I plan to put it. The transmitter will go in the, in the garage. Uh, this is for my low-power FM radio station. And the audio feed means that I can broadcast from the house uh, without having to go out in the garage where it's freezing cold. Uh, you got to remember down here in the southern hemisphere at this time of the year, it's winter. 
So anyway, that's what I plan to do. Apparently you've got to have a separate trunking though for that. You can't put electricity and audio and network in the same trunking, which kind of, I guess, makes sense. But while I've got the trench dug, I might as well take the opportunity to to uh, to lay those additional cables. So that will be an interesting project to keep me busy. I, of course, I've got to find a dry weekend or two to get this trench dug. And not only that, but I've, I've got to go and buy a spade, which kind of helps because I haven't got anything to dig with just yet. Anyway, that's enough ranting. Let's look at the stories we're going to cover ahead. Apple reaches an important milestone. eBay is to ban some selling categories. And LG boasts having the world's biggest ultra-definition TV. This and more in just a second. I want to kick off with a story about a Australian supermarket chain. And in a way, it's a shame we haven't got Alec Doughty or Cameron Collie on the show with us because they are Australian. This is about Coles, the supermarket chain in Australia. They're road testing a new way for customers to buy and pick up their groceries. So this is, in a nutshell, what I'm about to describe is kind of like a, a hybrid, if you like, between or you know, a halfway point between going to the supermarket physically, you know, the traditional way, and shopping online. So what this is, is you buy, you, well, you do your shopping online, and you can go and collect your groceries from a secure refrigerated locker. I presume it's at the supermarket. I'm not entirely sure exactly where these lockers uh, are based. But the, the point is, you can collect it any time between, uh, I think, 3 p.m. and midnight. The interesting thing about this method is that what they're addressing are the two conveniences that people want, that you know that people want when they're uh, shopping at the supermarket. One is the convenience of doing the shopping at home, right, which is what online shopping gives you. The other convenience is to be able to receive your groceries when you want, or at least you know to collect them, to obtain them when you want. With the traditional method of online shopping and getting them delivered, not only do you pay a delivery fee, but often they're delivered at a time you don't want. So they might be delivered at five o'clock in the evening. Now you might not get home till eight o'clock in the evening. Do you really want your groceries outside for that time? So this addresses that. And I think across the three different methods, you're you know, physically going into the store yourself the traditional way, online shopping and having it delivered, and this new method, I think between these three different methods, I think they've pretty much got the spectrum covered. And I think this is really, really good, and it's really, really innovative. And it's really nice to see companies innovating like that. Of course, they only do it because they can see you know, a gap in the market and they're going to make money from it, but good on them. That's really good because it's good for them, they make some money, and it's good for the consumers because we get to shop in the way that's most convenient for us. So good on you, Coles. So that's a big plug for Coles Supermarket in Australia. Now, it's it's not being rolled out everywhere just yet. So if you are in Australia, do uh, keep an eye out for, for the service if it's available in your area. If it's not, I'm, I'm sure it'll eventually be rolled out. I think they're going to do that over the next uh, next three years. So that's the Coles, what do they call it? Uh, click and Collect. Coles Click, it, click and Collect. Uh, you can visit Coles at their website, colescoles.com.au. All right, Apple. Yes, Apple has become the most valuable company of all time. Now, there is a caveat to that, and that is that 
the figure, the the the, the market worth of the company, which is six hundred and twenty three billion US dollars, that hasn't been adjusted for inflation. So as you can appreciate, six hundred and twenty three billion dollars today is worth a lot less than that same figure 30, 40 years ago. So it hasn't been adjusted for inflation. So it's a little bit false in that respect. But obviously, you know, it, it is a big milestone for the company. If you've got shares in Apple, you should be pretty happy right now. I think the shares seem to be doing very well. And I'm still really waiting for the for peak Apple, I suppose you could call it. You know, we talk about peak oil. I'm really waiting for peak Apple. I mean, when is the share, when, is, when are things going to take a dive? When are things going to turn around? And what's interesting about Apple in particular is that people have been predicting this for, for quite some time and, and it's it hasn't happened yet. Now, that's not to say it's never going to happen, but perhaps I've got a few more years left at that same strength. I guess it's, uh, it's something that time will tell. eBay is to ban certain selling categories, mostly from their non-tangible group of categories. So we're talking fortune-telling and witchcraft-related services. So tarot readings, spells, curses, and blessings are going to be banned. They're going to be removed, or those categories at least are going to be removed from the site. Now, the rationale behind this is that it's really just too hard to sort out conflicts between buyers and sellers. And you know what? I can totally understand this. I can, t- I can totally understand this. You go, you go to a, a fortune teller of some sort, uh, you know, or you, you know, you purchase fortune telling services on eBay of some sort, and they, they, you know, they give you a future. Now, one or two years down the track, it turns out to be completely wrong or, or doesn't materialize. So, can you turn around and say, "Well, look, that was false. I want my money back now." How does eBay deal with that? It's just too hard. But you know, there are some people that that do buy these things and believe in them. And I saw, I saw, a, I've got a quote here on, on one of the stories that I read about, uh, on, in fact, on the BBC story about this. It says, I bought a spell on eBay to help a relative who was having difficulties at work. And we were amazed by the results, says Michelle Hobbs from Dorset. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there are people that believe in these things. And that's their business. But, you know, eBay's stance is that, well, look, there are far too many disputes in these categories that just are are just too difficult to resolve. So we're just going to ditch the categories. And there you go. So what do you think about that? Is that is you know, is it okay that eBay is being selective in what categories they offer? After all, it's their site. They should be able to do whatever they want, right? Or is this just unfair and is eBay being a little harsh? Perhaps is eBay taking sides? Do you think that perhaps eBay is implying that these things are a load of garbage? Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. But should eBay be making that judgment call? If in fact they are making a judgment call at all, are they? So your thoughts on that, I'd be interested to hear. And finally, this week, LG releases what is the world's biggest ultra-definition TV. This is an 84-inch, that's 213 centimetres, over 2 metres. I'm looking at a door into the studio here. A standard door is 2 metres tall. It, this is We've got 2 metres of diagonal viewing real estate on this thing. That's huge. 84 inches. Anyway, it's it boasts support for 4K. So that is basically 4 
uh, times, yeah, that's right, four times the number of pixels in a standard 1080p definition. So in other words, we're talking 8 million pixels because standard 1080p is a more or less 2 million pixels. You, you, you got about uh, 1920 by 1080, that's roughly 2 million pixels. Uh, this screen has 8 million pixels. So we're very, very close to getting cinema quality here. But, you know, the thing about these large screens, I don't know what sort of home you have, but a lot of average-sized homes, they'd be too big. That screen would be too big in your lounge. And I've seen people, in fact, I think, didn't Brett admit to to having a TV that was too large for his lounge? I, I, I forget. But, you know, I've seen television sets that are just too big for the lounge. You know, you've got to get one that's right for the size of the room, for the size of your, your living room. I guess they do have a market, but even LG admit that it's a very limited market, A, because of the size, and B, because of the price point with the 4K technology. You know, I've long regarded Samsung as having the best screens, but it's not the first time that I've heard that, you know, LG really do have the the best displays. To be honest, I've yet to be convinced, but I'm hearing this more and more. And, you know, this is at least showing you that LG haven't, they haven't lost it. They're not an also ran. They're up there. They're up in the in in the front runners there. So you know whether it's Samsung or LG that have the best displays, you can argue about it. But at least what we can say is that LG's up there with Samsung at least. Excellent. Will I be getting one? No. <laughs> well, actually, we we I, we can't get one anyway, even if we wanted, because uh, it's going to be released in South Korea first, and the uh, the the rest of the world will be released. Uh, I think in next month I believe actually so no not too far away obviously but will I be getting one no will it probably even be available in New Zealand I'd be surprised perhaps Kim.com might get one he might be one of the few customers in New Zealand to actually own one I you know it would it would sit perfectly in his mansion wouldn't it be the right size and by the way speaking of the Kim.com thing have you seen the footage about the police raid footage of the police raid it's been released. It's on the internet. It's the the real deal. If you haven't looked at it yet, go and go and check it out. It's very interesting. Yeah, just Google that. Anyway, that'll keep you occupied for for a while. In the meantime, that is pretty much it. As I say, we don't have any of our regular panelists joining us on the show this week. No one's available, but that's okay. We've done the show. It was short, sharp, and sweet. And uh, I don't I didn't have to argue with Brad. <laughs> so on that note. Folks, that is episode 181. I hope you enjoyed it. We certainly enjoyed it. And thanks to all our Ustream viewers. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're just doing a trial. We're currently, right now, we're live on Ustream. Although it really makes no sense to say in a recording that right now we're live because that makes no sense when it's a recorded thing. But anyway, we are live right now. But when you hear this, we won't be live. Anyway, so when we figure out how to get the audio from Skype into Ustream, we'll be able to start doing live Ustream broadcasting going forward. So looking forward to that. Anyway, thank you very much, folks. That is episode 181. Thanks for joining us. See you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.